Hello, my rebels. I had never heard of this NBA player. I'm not an NBA aficionado. But this NBA player for Orlando had the most thoughtful comment on vaccines I have ever seen in this pandemic. Smarter than anything said by a bureaucrat or a politician that I've seen. Naturally, he must be destroyed by the sports media. I'll let you watch uh, a couple clips from him yourself and judge for yourself. Uh, before I get to that, let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's the video version of this show. I do it every day. Sheila Gunn-Reed, David Menzies, Andrew Chapados do it every week. All for eight bucks a month, you get access to the video version of it. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com and click subscribe. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, meet the most articulate critic of forced vaccinations, an NBA player. It's September 28th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon oh, consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. this video of a young man. He's an elite athlete named Jonathan Isaac. He's in the NBA, lives in Florida, which might be the reason for his open-mindedness. Florida is the most open-minded state in the union when it comes to vaccines. They offer vaccines everywhere for free in every local drugstore, every hospital. They bring it to you if you ask for it. They're also leaders in other treatments and therapies, and their governor, Ron DeSantis, always talks about personal choices and personal privacy. I think the fact that this athlete, Jonathan Isaac, lives in Orlando, Florida, might be part of his thinking, but enough for me. Listen to him. What is it about the vaccine that, that makes you uh, hesitant to, to, to get it? Uh, I, I would start with, um, I've had COVID um, in the past, and so our, our understanding of antibodies, of natural immunity has uh, changed a, a great deal from the onset of the pandemic and is still evolving. Um, I understand that the vaccine would uh, um, help if, if, if you catch COVID and uh, you'll be able to have less symptoms um, from contracting it, but with me having COVID in the past and having antibodies, um, with my current um, age group and uh, uh, fitness, physical fitness level, um, it's not necessarily a fear of mine. Uh, taking the vaccine, um, like I said, it would decrease my chances of uh, uh, having a severe reaction, but it does open me up to the, albeit rare chance, but the possibility of having an adverse reaction to the vaccine itself. Um, I don't believe that being unvaccinated means infected or being vaccinated means um, uninfected. You can still catch COVID um, with or with not having the vaccine. Um, I would say, honestly, the, the the craziness of it all in terms of not being able to say that it should be everybody's fair choice without being demeaned or um, talked crazy to doesn't uh, make one comfortable to do what said person is uh, telling them to do. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's, that's a couple of the reasons that um, you know, I would say I, I'm hesitant at this time, but at the end of the day, uh, I don't feel that it is, um, you know, anyone's reason to come out and say, well, this is why or this is not why. It should just be their decision. And, um, you know, loving your neighbors, not just loving those that, that agree with you or look like you or 
uh, moving the same way that you do. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, loving those who don't. I have to say that is the most thoughtful, balanced, common sense, open-minded comment I have heard in a long time, far more so than anything I've heard from a public health bureaucrat or politician, just a sensible man who's obviously done his homework and, and he's thinking. Now, he's being disobedient in a way, and the media party hates that. They love conformity. They assume he's some kooky, crazy guy, but listen to this. Jonathan, Jamie Say, WKMG. Wondering if you can comment on the Rolling Stone article and your comments that appeared on that about you not getting a vaccination, um, why you don't want to get a vaccination, <clears throat> and were you misquoted in that article? I would just I would start by saying that that I, I was pretty badly um, misrepresented um, in the Rolling Stone article, uh, and and because of that I can understand anyone who may say they don't uh, transparently or overtly trust um, the media. Uh, in, in a frustrated tweet yesterday, I had noted that uh, true journalism was dying, um, and to that I would say that I appreciate every single one of you, uh, those that try their best to. Um, correctly um, uh, share the thoughts, the ideas, and the, the heart of the people that they're asking questions of. Uh, I'm, I'm not anti-vax. I'm not anti-medicine. I'm not anti-science. Uh, I didn't come to my current vaccination status by studying black history or watching Donald Trump press conferences. I have nothing but the utmost respect for every healthcare um, worker and person in Orlando and all across the world that have worked tirelessly to keep us safe. Uh, my mom has worked in healthcare for a really long time. Um, I thank God I'm grateful that I live in a society where vaccines are possible and we can uh, uh, protect ourselves and have the means to protect ourselves for the first in the first place. Um, but with that being said, it is my belief that the, the vaccine status of every person should be their own choice um, and completely up to them without the without bullying, without being pressured or without being forced into doing so. Uh, I'm not ashamed to say that I'm uncomfortable we're taking the vaccine at this time. I think that we're all different. We all come from different places. We've all had different experiences and hold dear to different beliefs. And uh, what it is that you do with your body when it comes to putting medicine in there uh, should be your choice, um, free of the ridicule and the opinion of others. The irony is that Trump himself is not anti-vax. He started the vaccine project. He called it Operation Warp Speed. He himself is vaccinated. Trump encourages people to be vaxxed. It's just a left-wing thing to blame Trump for everything. And by the way, black history is a factor for some, if not for this athlete. The U.S. has an unfortunate history of willfully injecting poison into the veins of black men in an unethical experiment called the Tuskegee experiment. They literally injected syphilis into black men on purpose and didn't treat it and didn't tell them what they were doing they were studying these men as lab experiments. They lied to the men and their family for years. They actually claimed they were providing them with medicine for free, when in fact they were poisoning them, infecting them. That's Nazi level stuff, but Jonathan Isaac said, no, I'm just a very healthy young man and I've recovered from COVID naturally and I don't think this vaccine is for me at this time. So that's my surprising hero of the day, and here's my unsurprising, creepy villain of the day. What's that? Is, it, is that a necklace? That's the new governor of New York State who replaced Andrew Cuomo, the creepy groper 
who finally stepped down. He was creepy in his own way, but this is creepy too. You know, most jewelry is just for beauty. It has no particular statement other than you value beauty or perhaps that someone gave you something beautiful as a gift. A wedding ring symbolizes that relationship. A necklace with a cross on it, obviously it's a symbol of Christianity. Some Jews wear the same thing, a star of David, etc. I've seen some people wear their own names as a necklace. It seems to be something more that young girls do because it does seem either a little bit vain or a little bit childish. But in all cases, your jewelry does say something about yourself. It's like your car and your clothes. They're mainly for utility, right? But they also express you. What you drive, how you dress, it's how you decide to show yourself to the world. Jewelry has no utility. It is nothing but symbolic. And this governor has her central identity that she wants you to see. That's the only purpose of wearing this. She wants you to see this all the time that she's vaxxed. That's who she is. That's her religion. No, no cross, no star of David, no, no symbol of love or beauty, a symbol of a medical injection. Seriously, why not have just a little syringe around your neck? She was first spotted wearing this a month ago. Now, like all Democrats, she doesn't have a lot of time for religion. She'd never wear a cross around her neck, but like many Democrats, she's not afraid to take advantage of the opportunity to give a speech in front of a church or a religious gathering. I mean, voters are voters, right? Listen to this and know that she doesn't believe a word of it. Think about how satanic this is to pretend you're a woman of God in order to propagate Big Pharma. Take a listen. I've prayed a lot to God during this time. And you know what? God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers. He made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones, but you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love but to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. I want our kids to be safe when they're in schools. I want you to be safe when you go to a doctor's office or to a hospital and are treated by somebody. You don't want to get the virus from them. You're already sick or you wouldn't be there. We have to solve this, my friends. I need every one of you. I need you to let them know that this is how we can get, fight, fight this pandemic come back to normal, and then start talking about the real issues that we have to. Did you hear that? God gave us the vaccine. It's an abomination if you don't get it injected into you. I paraphrase. I mean, she really is invoking God, though, isn't she? Hey, you rubes. Hey, you hicks. You believe in God, right? <laughs> You'll do whatever you think God tells you to do, right? <laughs> and, and you believe your pastors or your priests, right? All right. So I'll just pretend I am a prophet or a woman of God. And I'll, I'll just speak to you hicks in the way you seem to respond to. And you'll therefore do what I, what I do, right? It's so gross. She thinks you're deplorable. She thinks you're stupid. She thinks you're morally easier led than she is. She'll do or say whatever it takes to get you to be vaxxed. That's her real religion. It's on her necklace. I mean, 
that governor, her name is Kathy Hochul, Hochul, pardon me, she's, um, she's smarter than you. I mean, why don't you just admit it? I mean, she's a lawyer and so is her husband. She's really, really smart. Just ask her, she's not like you dummies. And we're in a pandemic right now, so we're in a crisis right now, you dummies. So what does this really, really smart woman want to do in the middle of a pandemic that she says is a crisis? Well, here's a CBS story. Take a look at this. 83,000 hospital workers could be fired as New York COVID vaccine mandate goes into effect. What? 83,000? Yeah, I'll read it to you. New York state mandate, that's this Kathy Hochul governor, ordering healthcare workers to get the COVID vaccine went into effect Monday at midnight. That, that, it, it's there now, it's there. Some hospital networks, including Northwell Health, have already fired more than two dozen healthcare workers. Others will have 30 days to get a COVID vaccine or lose their jobs. Officials say 16% of the state's hospital workers are not fully vaccinated, which means more than 83,000 are at risk of termination. See, she's smarter than you. I mean, that's PhD level, that's Yoda level smartness. Firing 83,000 nurses and doctors and other hospital workers in the middle of what she says is an emergency pandemic. That is galaxy level brain, right? Why would you fire 83,000 doctors, nurses and other hospital staff in a pandemic. Why would you do that? Other than as an exercise in raw power to show the world you can. I know why Pfizer wants it done. I mean, that's millions of dollars of vaccines. But why would a government do that, especially a super smart one? Well, maybe to spark a crisis. Maybe to make the emergency permanent. Maybe to make new problems for her to solve and look at one of her solutions that she proposes. This is incredible to me. This is from writers. New York may tap National Guard to replace unvaccinated healthcare workers. New York Governor Kathy Hochul is considering employing the National Guard and out-of-state medical workers to fill hospital staffing shortages with tens of thousands of workers possibly losing their jobs for not meeting a Monday deadline for mandated COVID-19 vaccination. Got it. So. You're firing nurses and doctors, including those with decades of experience, including those who worked for the past 18 months saving lives fighting COVID. They know what they're doing. They, they certainly know more than, than you do about the virus, more than you ever will. You're just a politician who's got some necklace. And, and you're going to fire them and you're going to send in soldiers? That's what the National Guard is, they're soldiers. Just, just, just permanently you're going to put the soldiers just in the hospitals, are they gonna like give injections and hook up IVs and, and maybe give birth to babies and stuff? Is that what these soldiers are gonna do? In hospitals, in clinics, where, wherever, where, where they've never worked before, where they've never gone in before, where they don't know anyone, where they don't know the teammates. Um, you're just doing this just as bodies, so you could say, oh, we replaced 83,000 nurses with 83,000 soldiers, to do what? To, to do healthcare? Or, or is it to actually enforce vaccinations on the others? I, I don't think National Guard soldiers have a role in the healthcare system. I could be wrong. Uh, I, when I think National Guard, what they do, I, I, they point, point guns at things. Isn't that what soldiers are trained to do? Uh, is that the message that they mean to send here? Putting National Guardsmen in, in hospitals. It, isn't that what, what's the word? Is that martial law? Is that what, what that means? 
Yeah, they don't want this crisis over. They want a permanent. They want to enforce their whims through the pointing of a gun. That's how they're doing it in Australia. They want 83,000 nurses and doctors fired in New York. Quebec says they're going to fire 20,000. Because they want a crisis to justify a state of emergency. They're loving this. And they want to blame you. Stay with us for more. any trouble today then? No, no, there was a little bit of trouble earlier, but she jumped in and stopped it, so. There's so many people here today as well to stand against tyranny. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm here to stand against tyranny too. It's like, yeah, we need medical freedom. We need all our freedoms. Yeah. We're human beings, we're not commodities. That is an excerpt from a great new video by our newest rebel. As you know, we have been beefing up our complement of journalists, not just here in Canada, but around the world. We're just killing it. In Australia, Avi Amini based in Melbourne, Yasmin Sawyer in Brisbane, and Mario Malik in Sydney. We've got Australia covered, but you might recall how much we love the United Kingdom. I personally used to travel there, but once a month, before the pandemic to cover the news, including uh, censorship matters, contempt to court, the story of Tommy Robinson, a lot of things. Of course, the pandemic really shut down travel. I just can't afford to take a two-week quarantine returning, but we have found a great rebel on the ground. You saw an excerpt of his latest video. I am delighted to give you a more formal introduction to Lewis Brackpool who joins us now via Skype from Yapton, which is on the coast of England. Hey, Lewis, it's great to see you. Thanks for joining the team, and thanks for your great videos. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. Uh, apologies in advance as well. I've, uh, I've got a bit of a cold, so sorry, I'm sounding a bit like Louis Armstrong at the minute, but um, it's not COVID, so sorry <laughs> to anyone out there that's uh, wanted me dead from that, but uh, it's not gonna happen, sorry. Well, you look pretty healthy. I'm sure even if you did have COVID that you'd recover quickly, as quickly as Donald Trump did, for example. Um, now, you've been covering these protests. They're very interesting. And one of the themes in your videos, and we'll play your video in full later in the show, is that it has brought together an unusual coalition, people on the left, people on the right. I'm sure there are people who used to be divided along the lines of, are you a Brexiteer, are you a Leaver, or a Remainer? in the European Union? Are you for Labour? Are you for Conservatives or another party? It seems like it's a new coalition and the fault line is, do you believe in personal bodily integrity, privacy, or are you a lockdownist and a forced injector? I think that's the new dividing line. What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, Brexit was um, a big turning point in politics, especially obviously in the, in the United Kingdom. And it showed a lot of Labour voters who uh, sort of defected almost from Labour after the massive divide that Brexit entailed. And it's, it's repeating itself once again with uh, all this COVID malarkey. And I was catching up with uh, David Curtin, who obviously you might have seen in the extract from the video, and he was saying the same thing. Uh, it's becoming like a, a, a Brexit 2.0, so it's... it's it's quite extraordinary. It's quite extraordinary to watch both uh, the left and the right just coming together now and uh, starting to realise that 
we don't like tyranny. Uh, you've seen a couple of um, laborites, uh, fringe laborites, they're, they're being called now, who are uh, going against the COVID mandates in the United Kingdom. And, it, and it's great to see. Uh, I don't think they're as welcome as uh, us on the right are uh, in terms of fighting against uh, tyranny because uh, they like to um, sort of flirt with that sometimes. But yeah, we are starting to see some sort of pact, a secret, well, not a secret pact, but you know what I think I mean by that. Yeah, working coalition. And um, I mean, it's the crisis of the day. It's mm. the most important thing. It, t it reaches into people's lives more deeply than any other matter. Some debates almost feel purely symbolic, some foreign affairs debates. It's about debating positions. Does it really change your life? But lockdowns and forced injections and masks and quarantines, this is the most invasive policy and, and I, I wouldn't even say law because a lot of these things are just orders and edicts. It's the most invasive time of our lives since the Second World War. Now let me ask you a couple of wrinkles about UK policy because it seems to me that the UK has not gone quite as mad as Canada has or Israel had in two regards. The first is, I don't think they're forcing it on the children as much as they do in Canada. And the second thing, and I think this is perhaps the most important, in the UK, I, I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, at least in some ways, if you got sick from COVID and recovered and invest, thus have a natural immunity to it, that gives you a thumbs up for one of these vaccine passports. Whereas in Canada or the United States, having natural immunity, which many studies show is stronger than um, vaccine immunity, doesn't count for anything. So am I right or wrong on the two things, the kids and the natural immunity, or is there, is there a, a mixed record on that? It's quite a difficult one uh, to answer because unfortunately the government and the opposition, the government, can't seem to, can't seem to make their minds up on what they want to do. Uh, in terms of mandates. Take, for example, the 12 to 15 year old uh, a children debate. Uh, the JCVI, uh, Britain's Vaccination and Immunisation Committee, have turned around and said they do not recommend children um, to be vaccinated because it might do more harm than good because they don't know the, the full long-term effects of this. Yet the government has completely gone against their recommendations. So people are now questioning whether the government have been following the science this whole time, which they're right to do so. Um, and the opposition, Sir Keir Starmer, can't seem to make his mind up whether he's for the mandates or not. So there's no true opposition. The only oppositions are the, uh, uh, the independent parties that are really trying to get their voices heard. Uh, in terms of natural immunity, um, obviously, we know on social media that's that's a no-go zone. You you can't even put a hashtag ha um, hashtag natural immunity on Instagram, for example, to even you know question that. In the UK, uh, there was talk originally when the lockdown started happening of herd immunity, but that's been forgotten about. We don't know where we stand with that. Um, some broadcasters have talked about natural immunity, saying that it is the most effective way to um, beat a prolonged COVID or just COVID in general, and it gives you stronger antibodies. But unfortunately, we're still lacking using that argument now because mm. 
we're being silent to left, right and centre on, on this issue too. So. Yeah. Well, let me uh, show our viewers something that I thought was really fun. I mean, we've got hundreds of thousands of supporters in the United Kingdom. And um, I mean, I've been there a fair bit and we've had other reporters on the ground, but really for the last year and a half, we have not had a strong presence on the ground in the UK. And it's, it's pained me, um, but we were busy covering Canadian things and of course the travel ban. I want to show a few clips of how when people saw that rebel mic flash and they, they're recognizing you now from other vids, there was a lot of goodwill there. Here, take a quick look at this. You're a hard worker, lot. I've known you for a few months now. You work hard. You earn your spot on Rebel News. They're lucky to have you. You're representing the UK and you're standing up, reporting the hard truth of what is happening in our country. Yes. So I love you and I respect you and I'll buy you a 59p carton of Sunny Exotic <laughs> with my chest. You deserve it. We love Rebel News, say we love Rebel News. Yes. We love Rebel News, say we love Rebel News. Yes. Hey, thank, thank you so much. Love. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. I really, really appreciate it. Shout out to Avi! You got fans over here, man. Come over here. Yeah, we love Avi. All the other guys over here watching you. Oh, I love it, Lewis. I found that very encouraging. That the people were so warm. They remember the work Rebel News has done. They like your style. Uh, is the uh, I, I note that since we left the UK. GB News has arrived, and you know Andrew Neil started that. He quit, but you've got Nigel Farage with the show on there. You have some very politically incorrect people on there. You even have an anti-cancel culture theme. You've got Neil Oliver, who has some very thoughtful monologues. So I think that the UK media scene is slightly less dire than it was even six months ago, but it still feels that the mainstream media are all walking in lockstep. What's your sense on the ground? Is there more media diversity in the UK or is it just GB News and Rebel News that are dissenters? Uh, I, would, I would agree with you uh, in a way. GB News has shed uh, a bit of light on, on news and uh, the other side of the argument, if you will, because mainstream outlets such as the BBC and Sky News are, are really taking a hit and GB News has proved that. Uh, in terms of there's independent uh, media coverages like um, such a, obviously Rebel News as well and uh, a, a, another resistance group called uh, GB Resistance who are, who are very up and coming. The, uh, us guys are this, there's a side to our type of broadcasting than there is to GB News as well where we are sort of speaking to everyday people now. We're, we're on the streets, we're on the scene, and we're, we're constantly talking to people who feel they have been silenced by everyone. Um, you can call them outcasts if you want. I wouldn't call them that personally, but I know a couple of people that have called them that, which is, is disgraceful. But these people have been silenced for so long for just speaking the truth. And this is the biggest problem with it. So when Rebel News started up again in the UK, which I'm so proud and grateful to be a part of, um, I've just noticed this uprising and this relief of people saying, thank God we have someone here to actually channel what we're trying to say to the establishment and the mainstream media, because they feel like they've run out of hope. Well, Lewis, thanks for being part of the team. I really like your style. I think you got a great attitude. I believe that we 
will speak for anyone, but I believe that this lockdown is, and I don't, I, I'm not a Marxist, but to use some of the Marxist language, I believe there's a class element to it. I believe the working class has taken the brunt of it, where the Zoom class, folks who can work from Zoom anywhere, never lost a day's pay, they love the lockdowns because it means they order takeout and watch Netflix. I think there's a class divide here. And I feel like you have, you speak to people of all walks of life with, a, with respect. And I think that there's a sneering snobbery in the BBC for sure and other private UK media. And we see it here in Canada and around the world. So I'm delighted with your style and your approach and keep it up and, and thanks for your great work. Thank you, no, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Ezra. All right, there you have it, Lewis Brackpool, the latest talent joining Rebel News roster of reporters. He's holding the fort in the United Kingdom and he came to us live from Yapton on the coast. Stay with us, more ahead. Welcome back on my show last night. Bruce says, when governments use their people as guinea pigs, you know the democracy's in peril. And like Ezra said, the police have lost a lot of credibility since a covert 19 panic-demic hit us. Our rights were covertly taken from us, and now it's become blatant. Well, that's the thing, is most of the orders and laws and rules we're living under have not been debated on, let alone voted on in Parliament. They're issued by bureaucrats. I, I remember following the UK a year ago, and the rules would change almost every week, and they would be issued at midnight. Regulations, no debate, they, wouldn't be, they would just be emanate from Parliament. They were incredibly complicated. They were published in the least easy to understand way possible. You had to cross-reference them. And they had different zones and different levels. You had to be a sophisticated lawyer to understand them. Imagine being a cop trying to enforce them. The whole idea was to create a complete foggy panic where you would basically do whatever the cop said. He wouldn't know what powers he has, but he just would do it. And what would you do, argue? Peter says, dear vaccinated, we did not take your freedom. The government did. We are not holding your freedoms to ransom. The government is. If we are a danger to you, then your vaccine doesn't work. If it does, then you should already be free. The government has lied to you. I think that's right. Hey, can I show you something? Um, the other day, and I don't think I played this uh, on my evening show, I have a Sometimes I do a show at 12 noon Eastern time, a live stream. Here's a clip of Dina Hinshaw, the Alberta public health uh, boss, who <laughs> said something incredible. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to describe it to you. It's a very short clip. Take a listen. If individuals choose to not get tested for COVID but are home with an illness, um, they're now counted in the list as uh, being part of that outbreak. And so it's less dependent on needing a test to be a part of identifying where there is an issue. Okay, so she said if someone stays home from school, they're going to count it as a COVID disease no matter what, without testing, based on no information, they're just going to count it. Here's the clip again, if, just listen with your own ears. If individuals choose to not get tested for COVID but are home with an illness, um, they're now counted in the list as uh, being part of that outbreak. And so it's less dependent on needing a test to be a part of identifying where there is an issue. So I tweeted that and it got a gazillion retweets and it went all around America. And then last night, the Alberta Health Services, these are the folks who were prosecuting Pastor Arthur, 
they put out this angry tweet. Oh, this is fake news and disinformation. Look at this tweet they put up. Yeah, no, sister, um, you said those words with your own mouth. Now, if you're saying you misspoke, fair enough. If you lied, fair enough. Or if you're going to change your policy, fair enough. But you said that. And telling us you didn't say it doesn't make me a source of fake news. It shows that no one can trust a single word you say. Lila says, this is a dictatorship. Will Trudeau now call for martial law? Well, Trudeau doesn't need to call for it. All the provinces are happy to enforce it themselves. We saw that spectacular arrest. Let me play for you as I'm speaking here. This is videotape of Arthur Pavlovsky. He landed at the Calgary airport yesterday. Police came to the plane, forced him out of the plane on the runway, arrested him on the runway, took him straight to prison. I'm sorry, if that's not martial law, I don't know what is. One of his charges, swear to God, not wearing a mask. Well, those are our uh, letters for the day, and we've got a new feature. I hope you like it. At the end of the show, after I read the letters, I throw to a video that I want you to see from the rest of the world of Rebel News. And I showed you part of this already. It's at Lewis Brackpool, and that's our video of the day. Here it is. I'll say goodbye to you now. Here's Lewis Brackpool's video in full. Every day we're going to do this. At the end of the show, instead of me just saying goodnight, we're going to tack on a video that our producers choose that shows you another side of our company. So good night, everyone, and enjoy Lewis Brackpool on the streets of London. After covering these protests a few times in London, it's quite incredible to see thousands and thousands of people just turning up for these rallies. And I was genuinely in disbelief to how many people there actually was marching. Look at the amount of people, man. This is crazy. This is crazy. And you'd have thought, due to the scale of the event, the mainstream media would have at least been there to cover it, or at least try to speak about it, but alas, they're still choosing to ignore this entire movement. But to add, the support for Rebel News was outstanding. We love Rebel News, we love Rebel News! Yes. We love Rebel News, we love Rebel News! Mate, thank you so much, thank you so much, I really, really appreciate it. Australia, guys. Oh, what, Avi, you many? Yeah, Avi. Shout out to Avi. You got fans over here, man. Come over here. Yeah, we love Avi. All the Aussie guys over here are watching you. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. It's mental, isn't it? So a big thank you to everyone who's been shaking my hand and showing their support. There were, of course, some familiar faces at the march, ones from previous protests. You're a hard worker, lot. I've known you for a few months now. You work hard. You earn your spot at Rebel News. They're lucky to have you. You're representing the UK and you're standing up, reporting the hard truth of what is happening in our country. Yes. So I love you and I respect you and I'll buy you a 59p carton of Sun Exotic <laughs> with my chest. You deserve it. You do look proper dapper. Thank Can you. we just get a zoom in on the socks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seen that? Hey, look, they match the cotton. Yeah. That's why I got in the red one. Yeah. I saw them a mile away. White socks matter, mate. That's for so. You. And to add, everyone was, of course, enjoying themselves. The bloke has better moves than me. I think it's important to note that the mainstream media are demonising these groups of people as. Anti-vaxxers, which we all know, anti-vaxxer does not mean 
what it says on the tin. The great thing is everyone was willing to engage in conversation and make their voices heard. And so take a look at the report for yourself to see whether this is a cross-party concern. This is Lewis Brackpool reporting here for Rebel News. And as you can see behind me, protesters are ready to gather and march against the mandatory vaccine legislation that the government has been pushing out towards the citizens of Great Britain. My job here today is not only to find out why people are here, but to also find out where they sit politically and see if this is a cross-party issue. Do you think that this is an opportunity for the left and the right to come together and protest against tyranny? I think that's already happening. Yeah. That's already happening. And it's really interesting because in our, in our you know, small group of, of lawyers that are protesting against this, there are people who are on all, all elements of the spectrum. People who have voted, like me, I've, I've kind of gone in, I've voted different ways, different parties at different times. And there are people who have very definite uh, views. So yeah, I think that's already happening. Everybody here, I guarantee everybody here has a different view on politics. And can you believe they won't even mention it on mainstream media? It's mental. It is mental. Afternoon. Afternoon. Very talkative. I'm loving this. What is this? Peace. Peace Officers UK. So you've not seen any trouble today then? No, but there was a little bit of trouble earlier, but she jumped in and stopped it. So There's so many people here today as well to stand against tyranny. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm here to stand against tyranny too. It's like uh, we need medical freedom. We need all our freedoms. Yeah. We're human beings. We're not commodities. Gaining support from motorists now. Do you think that the left and the right should come together and make this a cross-party concern? I believe that most of the government is just absolute bollocks and you can look through history over the hundred years, it's only been down to two parties at the end of the day, that's Labour and Conservatives. And when you look over the history over the hundred years, the damage that they have caused this country is insane. And just look at what's happening right now, tyranny, you cannot mandate an experimental vaccine on anybody. We have our inhuman inalienable rights given to us by God Almighty. Whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter, that's fact. I have the right of full bodily integrity over what I do to my body, I have the right to remain silent, private and confidentiality. I mean, as long as I don't do any harm, any loss, any theft, any injury, I don't do that to anybody. I'm a free man. I'm a, I'm a sovereign being. David Curtin again. How Hi, are you? I'm really good, thank you. Good, good. Since our previous conversation from our last march, what do you think? Do you think things are getting better or worse? I think they're about the same. I mean, there's pushback in England, yeah. especially with people coming here. There's uh, four big marches in the UK this weekend. There's here, there's Brighton, there's Newcastle, there's Glasgow. Last weekend, there were lots of marches around the country. So they have uh, rode back on the vaccine passport thing. Uh, they're not going to implement them in England yeah. uh, for nightclubs and large events. This is really good. Although in Scotland and Wales, they are too. So we need to push back there as well yeah. um, they are jabbing children however you know um, and uh, coercing children into getting them I think without informed consent That's and this it, is yeah. terrible but I think a lot of people are waking up and realizing 
you, you know, there's something not right here because a lot of people who were for everything, for lockdowns, for vaccines, they've had two vaccines. And now the government said, you're going to have to have a third vaccine. You, you might be locked down anyway. So a lot of people are going, what the hell's going on? Yeah. And they're coming over to our side. They can see that there's something really wrong. Um, so that's a good thing. That's what I was going to ask. Do you think that this should be a a non-partisan, not left or right concern? Do you think both the left and the right should come together as one and stand up against this coercion? Yeah, on this issue, absolutely. And that's yeah. what's happening. You know, you've got people here in the march from all over the political spectrum, from every background, from every colour, every creed. And we're all come together to stand for freedom and to say, you know, whatever happens, if we don't have our civil liberties that our forefathers have fought for, then we don't have anything. So we're coming together on it. Can I pick one of these up? Did you make these? For a while. I was doing it, but I didn't want to. Uh, didn't want to encroach on, on on the movement. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, we can we can, we can same guy. Hell yeah! So we're taking a break here from marching in Vauxhall, and currently there are so many people just everywhere, absolutely everywhere. It's it's honestly crazy the amount of people that are here. I've seen no scuffles, no violence whatsoever. Everyone has remained peaceful. Do you see this as a cross-party concern? Do you think the left and the right can come together on this issue? No, I don't. I don't think, don't. no, I don't. Do you think it's more just the right speaking about it or more the left speaking about it? What do you, what do you think? Well, to be quite honest with you, I think the left and the right are both arms of the same body. Okay. So, um, and it's a global thing. Um, so I'm not convinced that either of our political parties actually can sort this out. So they've said one of the drums. All right. But it's, um, it's, it's, it looks like it's in a religious march. Everything's to support Christ. It's not what everyone's yeah. here for. It's weird, a bit weird. You think that's a bit weird? Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see. What do you make? of the current climate with everyone, whether it be left or right, coming together and fighting this tyranny. What do you think? I think it's the only way when we express the true freedom, when we express, you know, what is in our minds without being chastised by it. I think the church has something to say about it. The church wants to walk with the rest of the people. It has nothing to do with the religion only. It has to do with what God wants. People have made out of God a religion. But God is a lot more than that. And he will be, he is walking with the people, with the people of London, because this is what he loves. He loves the people. It's not about party. It's not about so many other things that people have made this. It's about true freedom. It's about making choices. And if God didn't oblige us to make choices that they wanted or he wanted, who is meant to do that? Hey, he's giving the thumbs up. He's get, you saw that here first. He gave the thumbs up. He gave you saw that first. Obviously, at all protests, you are going to find some very interesting characters. Do you think the left and the right can come together for this issue and put their differences aside and stand up to tyranny? Um, yeah, there might be common ground on, the, on this respect, but when the dust settles on this again, we're, we're, we're going to have it out again. Don't worry about that. <laughs> like a football match. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One thing that's for certain, and that's everyone at these protests protests share a common goal, not wanting to have their basic human rights taken away from them, or even having to go through a medical procedure that they don't know the full long-term effects of. Despite everyone in good spirits, people are genuinely worried. They are worried we might turn out like Australia, or even Canada, or even Israel, and well over 80% of the entire country has been fully vaccinated, and are on their fourth booster shot. Yet, the media, or the mainstream media, continue to either belittle or silence these people into just wanting to have a fair and open dialogue. This is Lewis Brackpool reporting in London for Rebel News.